Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, uh, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler uh, coming at you from GigCast headquarters in Waterloo, Iowa. Or as, uh, you know, I've heard some people on ads, like, there are, you know, voiceover people who record ads for places. These voiceover people are situated all over the country, and they try to say Waterloo. They say Waterloo instead, <laughs> instead of Waterloo. Waterloo. I mean, they technically they pronounce it right, but they emphasize Waterloo. <laughs> I don't know if anyone listening has a city or a town that they live in that people tend to mispronounce or pronounce differently. But I, I just always get a kick out. I know that whoever recorded that commercial was not from around here. <laughs> it's so weird that you brought that up because we were listening to an ad or watching one. I don't remember if it was radio or TV. And my wife just casually, we didn't even discuss it, but she casually pointed out what you just said, that the emphasis was on a different syllable than what the locals would pronounce. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there thinking the same thing. I said, I wonder how far away this person is. <laughs> and, and where did they get it from? And, and you know what popped into my head? And I know we brought the subject of this group up before, but it was ABBA, ABBA. <laughs> and, and their song Waterloo or Waterloo. Yeah. And then um, I'm a big fan of the Bill and Ted franchise, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey <laughs> and the, the soon to be Bill and Ted three. Well, in part of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they say if you're Napoleon, because they had brought Napoleon back from back then, he br brought him into the future. And so he was lost somewhere. So they're trying to think if if you're Napoleon and you're lost somewhere in San Dimas, where are you going to go? And they go Waterloo, which is was a <laughs> a, a, a water park, a, a fictional water park in San Dimas, California. But they say Waterloo. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and you know, speaking of mispronunciations, I've had uh, you know years ago, Joel. I worked in retail and and in grocery and. Uh, you know, some of these uh, nice little old ladies would come in and wonder where their Napoleon ice cream was located. <laughs> Neapolitan is what Neapolitan. they were after. <laughs> Napoleon ice cream. That's the best. <laughs> the Blue Blanc and Rouge. Oh, no, I think mm. those are the wrong colors. Hey, uh, <laughs> we here at the podcast ministry received an email. Both Joel and I have it in front of us. And uh, this is not something we really discussed in advance between ourselves. And we brought this up before. Much of what we do on this program is all quite spontaneous. So let's just talk this out, Joel. Maybe you can read what you'd like to out of that email from somebody who's going through some struggles. Well, I mean, yeah, this person had sent a couple of different emails. And the gist of it, we here at the podcast, of course, we talk about grace. We talk about we're saved by grace through faith, apart from works. We live our daily lives in Christ. You know, we just wrapped up with a few podcasts on how we live this daily life with grace and walking in God's will, which is, you know, for us to be in Christ, which we are. But yet Paul, in a lot of his epistles, he brings up what this person refers to as seeming Christian law, uh, like various things that Paul talks about. We should stay away from things like sexual immorality, impurity, uh, sensuality, greed, 
envy, things like that. Does this point to a new Christian law, this person asks? Are we required to keep away from these things? You know, I thought we were free from doing anything to merit our salvation. So what? Well, why does Paul still tell us to do and not do certain things? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And then um, I had responded to him, and then a while after that, he sent another email. He was really struggling with a lot of this stuff still, not able to keep these Christian rules, you know, these Bible rules, these rules that church people come up with, uh, these rules that come up with, uh, that people come up with in the church that are supposed to be how you live the Christian life. He says he's so sick of failing and being miserable. I can't seem to live the Christian life as has been taught to me by various people in the church, and even my own reading of the Bible I so desire to be freed from this law inside of me to do what is right. I just want to enjoy my life. So there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot in that. And you, the listener, might have had some of these questions. I've had some of these questions. Cap, you might have had some over the years. How does all of this work? I mean, are we required to keep certain rules? Are we expected by God to keep these rules or he won't give us his peace? he'll withhold himself from us unless we're living by these certain rules. You know, a lot of these questions come up. And so, I mean, I'll I'll start just again by always going back to the basics. It's true. It's absolutely true that we are saved by grace through faith apart from works, apart from the works of the law and apart from anything that we can do to merit salvation. If it's something that we do to merit salvation, then it's not salvation. The finished work of Christ is the way that we're saved, the work that Jesus did. We can't add anything to it. We can't take anything away from it. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to match what Jesus did, to uh, add to what Jesus did. We're saved by grace through faith apart from works. Whether we do a whole bunch of good works in life or a whole bunch of bad works in life, that's not how we're saved. That That's not what keeps us from being saved. It's salvation by grace through faith apart from works. And so where does all this stuff fit in there? If these aren't things that we do to merit salvation, then what about these things like abstaining from sexual immorality, not stealing, husbands love your wives and things like that? Are, Cap, what do you think? Are these rules that we have to follow? Um, in order to be blessed by God or kept by God. Well, let me let me come back to what this person sent us in their email that you just presented. Uh, I can't seem to live the Christian life mm. as it has been taught to me <laughs> mm. by various people in the church and even in my own reading of the Bible. I so desire to be freed from this law inside of me it almost sounds like an apostle writing right there. Mm. I so desire to be freed from this law inside of me to, and to do what is right. I just want to enjoy my life. I, and he finishes with this. I don't know what to do or where to turn. I almost want to just stop believing. Mm. Please help. See, I, I, I can totally relate to this mm. because I got saved as a child, Joel. That, that's where I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ around the age of 10 in my teen years, eventually, I came into some struggles, and even though I knew salvation, again, was supposed to be that free gift you were just talking about, I developed a mentality 
that it was really kind of up to me as to where uh, I was positioned with God. And I often wondered where I stood with God because I didn't live perfectly. I didn't always follow the rules. I was like this person. I, I haven't been able to live the Christian life in a way that I thought was demanded of me, either by God or others. And so when I, I got to that place where I got so angry at one point, and uh, angry with myself, by the way, and there was nobody else around, and I lost my temper. I was at work as a teenager, and I remember throwing something into the trash in frustration and said, God, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to go live my life mm-hmm. and just do whatever comes my way. I'm, I'm just going to do it because... I just can't live up to this standard that I thought had been set for me. And so I didn't really want to stop believing. I just didn't think I could live up to, you know, God's expectations um, or my own for that matter. So I can relate to what this person is, is trying to, to get at here. And um, in, in, in a nutshell, as to your question, do we have to do all this stuff? You know, sometimes when we're reading, um, and I think the Apostle Paul or some other apostles, but especially Paul who wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament, New Covenant writings, it, it depends on which lens you're looking at. So, you know, all those many years ago when I was a teenager and then I would look at the Bible, to me it was just a, a real demanding book that I couldn't live up to. And now looking through a different set of lenses, those of us who wear glasses can relate to this. Looking through a whole different set, set of lenses, and I can see things so much more clearly now than I could then because I've been presented with some information that I hadn't been presented with before. And it separates an old covenant that was given to Israel versus the new covenant that we're under now. So when you read these things, these exhortations, if you will, from people like the Apostle Paul or Peter or others, admonishing us to avoid certain things or to do certain things, you know, there, one of the commandments written in stone, Joel, thou shall not steal, right? I don't really see that one in the new covenant writings, I don't think, but I do remember one time where Paul said, if you used to steal, or if you previously have been, you know, have, have stole, if you stole, don't steal anymore. Don't do that. Is, is it a command with a, with a condition attached, or is it just an exhortation of Paul saying, look, you've now got the life of Christ in you. He abides in you. The anointing abides in you. You are a new creation created in the uh, likeness of God with this supernatural life. Your life technically was killed. You now have his life in you. You have become the righteousness of God in Christ. You are holy. You are perfected. You are in him. You know, you're a a partaker of the divine nature. And it has nothing to do with what we do or don't do. But now that we are that new creation, and we have been gifted with this gift of grace and God's righteousness within, and the Spirit of God living within us and, and accompanying us and, and, and leading us and guiding us into all truth. Now that this is us, this is how we're identified in him. Stay away from the stuff that's going to hurt you. Sin hurts people. It's as simple as that. It's for your own protection that you wouldn't go out and do some of those things that you were just talking about from that email, Joel. It, it's, it's for your own 
protection and it's going to benefit you to stay away from that stuff. So I, I know we're already, this one went pretty fast. We're running out of time. So I'm going to let you wrap up here, but these are just some thoughts and some musings here, because if you could live the Christian life, if any of us could, then why would Jesus have to come to begin with? None of us can live the Christian life. Only one person could do that. That was Christ himself. Hmm. That's right, and I think that's a that's a good place that you've taken us to here. It'll be good, I think, for us to pick up on this next week because so much of this stuff is important. In much of the church and in, in many uh, people's uh, reading of the Bible, including mine many years ago, it was all about finding out what was right and wrong, what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And I was very hypersensitive to what was right and what was wrong. And I think a lot of the church is. When the real message of the Bible, of the new covenant, is that you've been made right, not by what you do, but by the blood of Jesus. You've been actually set free from sin. Maybe we can talk about that next week, too. Paul says that he who has died has been freed from sin. We were crucified with Christ. Our old man was crucified with him. We have been set free from sin. And so we want to live as if that's true, because it is true. But it's not a matter of fleshly efforts to try to do this. It's a matter of growing in God's love and in his grace. So more on this as uh, we talk about this question on seeming Christian law. Uh, We'll talk more about this next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.